The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. You don't get no better than that, man. Now Cook's gonna throw the deep ball. And Burton's past the defense. Touchdown, Luther Burton. 47 yards. Two place kick is up. It is. Yes. Now the walk-off winner from 61. Harrison Davis. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Well, Colin, we are coming to you. It's Friday night, and I think we're both kind of tuning in a little bit to Missouri getting absolutely fucking boat raced by Illinois (laughs) in the uh, arch rivalry game. It was a bludgeon. Do you want to start with the, the, the game that we're watching, or do you want to start with football, Brennan? I mean, What's your, I, well, I think it's, we can start just like by mentioning the fact that Mizzou has not even been fucking competitive at all in this game, and that uh, this team that we had kind of had some hopes might be better than people thought going in is clearly not. There, I mean, I I do think that uh, you know Dennis Gates is putting the pieces in motion, but it's going to be hard to watch the rest of this season. This is a shit team. I mean, we play no fucking defense. I watched our seven foot five kid take absolutely unguarded three-point shots and missed them badly because guess what? The defense knew he could not make a fucking three-point shot. Well, Two straight possessions. Saying, Brendan, in the broadcast, they keep saying that Vanover kid can shoot three. I'm just like, I hope he starts soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, his shot looks as mechanical and as fluid as you would expect a 7'5 kid <laughs> who looks like Howdy Doody to shoot a three-pointer. And then we go down and we just absolutely, you know, Illinois was just fucking nailing three-pointers in the first half. And I thought, well, one could say, well, they can't stay this hot. But I think they absolutely can when they're absolutely unopposed. Like most of the three-point shots they took, there was not a Missouri defender in the screen. Like we just defend terribly like this is a, yeah. a bad defensive team and it, i remember when Conzo was coaching and we were like well here we are we're supposed to be a good defensive team but we cannot score for fuck i will take a good scoring team with bad defense over a bad scoring team with a good defense any day well we're looking at that now and it's not that much better to watch 
It's uh, well, and you say a good offensive team. They scored fifty-eight points yeah, at this point. That's they good. are not an offensive dynamo. That's true. I mean, I know I tweeted it out. I know at this point, Gates is sac- sacrosanct. You know what I mean? Like, obviously things are improving. Obviously, he's recruiting at a level that nobody's recruited here in several some time. But what the fuck, man? We're getting boat raced by Illinois, and they're not a good team. I mean, I guess they're 13th in the country, but yeah, I, they I, are. who are they scaring? And you know what? It drives me crazy, and I know some basketball nerd's going to tell me I'm super fucking wrong. And I probably am, but why the fuck do you need to sub this much? How does any team ever get into a rhythm when you're subbing this much? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I still don't know all the players' names because they don't stay in the game long enough to do something to have their names announced. You know, I'm just like, you know, the Bates kid looks good. He's aggressive, and you can tell he's got a little, he's got confidence. Sean East, for as good as he can look, constantly looks like he's pressing. Yeah. You know what I mean? He shoots too much. I watched Aiden Shaw stand wide open in the corner tonight, wide open. And Sean East dro- saw him, continued to dribble around in circles, and then threw up like a wild uh, layup. I'm just like, what, you're supposed to be a point guard. Why don't you kick it out to the guy who's wide open? Yeah. You know, stop trying to do so much. And I love Nick Honor, but Michael Jordan, he ain't, you know, and he's just taking on way too much of responsibility. And you're saying with Noah Carter in this this offense, they're just, they're, they're trying to do more. Their role last year was their appropriate role. This year, they're trying to be the stars. And, Kobe Brown is missing, badly missing, you know. And- yes, he is. <laughs> well, and that's what they're really missing. They're, ris- they're missing a go-to guy. Sean yeah. East is trying to be that. But what Sean East is is a really nice piece. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you had a – if you when you got a Kobe Brown, you got a Sean East playing like this, that's a great combo. But Sean East, at least as he's playing now, can't be the man. And that's not to say he's not a really good basketball player because he is. But Kobe Brown wasn't always the man. You know what I mean? Like, he was a nice piece at one point. He became the man. And maybe Shawnee's will become the man. But right now, he just looks like he's pressing. I'm watching him. Right now, I just he's trying to do it all by himself. And everybody's just standing around watching him. They don't look it like It drives me crazy. They don't look like they have much of a plan. I mean, they are getting beat by 30 fucking points. And I know that Illinois is the number 13 team in the country. But this is a rivalry game. And we used to go into this game, and it didn't matter what the rankings were. It would be competitive. And this has been nothing yeah. like a competitive I'm not mad game. That they, I'm not mad that they, they're they going to lose. I'm mad that they're going to lose by 30 fucking points. That's why I'm saying, <laughs> what the fuck, Dennis Gates? I mean, like, yeah. I'm keep it mildly competitive. I mean, they didn't look this bad against Kansas. That's right. That's yeah. what I was just going to say is that, uh, you know, we were relatively happy with the Kansas loss because it was, you know, mildly competitive. And, uh, you know, we led throughout the first half of that game. And we looked like, well, we ended up, you know, they ended up taking charge, but we gave it as good as we got for a while. And this has just been embarrassing, really. Oh, it is embarrassing to get beat by 30 by anybody. I'm going to say something that might be controversial, but where the fuck is Aiden Shaw? You know what I mean? Like, I remember hearing about what a huge, giant recruit Aiden Shaw was, you know? And I'm like, okay, we're in year two, and he's averaging 2.9 points a game. This guy's fucking anonymous, except for the fact that he's 6'8". And occasionally, somebody throws a ball up to him, he makes some fantastic athletic dunk. But at the end of the day, he is not contributing to this team in a meaningful way. All those stars behind his name, to this point, has translated into dick. And so I'm just like, all right, Aiden Shaw, it's time to step it up. Like, yeah. I'm sick of, I mean, you, if you didn't have the name you had with the stars behind it, you would be fucking anonymous to this team. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, Imagine he doesn't throw down a, 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 a super duper dunk once in a while. I mean, he truly would be just, he'd just be another guy averaging very few points and very few rebounds. He does block shots, 
which is something that this team badly needs. But, I mean, I need that guy to start doing something. I wish he had a little more Sean East in him. Well, he's got two points tonight, Colin. Oh, well, he's going to keep his average then. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad night for the Tigers on the basketball front. And, it, you know, to me, this game, the Illinois game, the Bragging Rights game, or whatever the fuck, or the arch rivalry game, whatever they want to call it, it's always been like the start of real basketball season for me, you know, because up until this point, yeah. it's, it's football season. And unlike Rock M Nation, which starts basketball season in September, I'm not worried about basketball season until now. But yeah, yep. now is now. So uh, quit sucking, you know, like it's let's be better. We are not a tournament yeah, We have team. not been paying attention to the that the, the Twitter horde has been paying attention. But <laughs> yeah. like, I'm paying attention now. And I don't like what I see. I mean, and Brennan, God, I'll tell you what, I watched the seat, all of the Seton Hall game, too. What a pathetic, pathetic outing. Yeah. There are just times when they just look lost. There were times against Kansas where I'm just like, man, this team can look really bad at times. Yeah. They, don't, they can't shoot right now. I don't know if this is emblematic of who they are because, again, I've watched th- three or four of the games total, and I don't feel like I'm in a position like this is definitively who they are. I will come to that conclusion as I watch more basketball, but right now the the games I've seen, I'm like, man, these guys don't shoot very well. And I know they actually have a pretty decent percentage from the three point uh, strike, but maybe it's just the games I've chosen to watch. But man, yeah, Colin, speaking of the Twitterverse, uh, God, Mizzou in their Twitter sphere has been, I don't know, dare I say, a, a little bit exhausting. Like <laughs> for whatever reason, I think it's because of recruiting, and we'll get into the recruiting stuff a little bit. Uh, they've been at OU. OU's been at us. Oklahoma uh, recently. Oh, it's because we we stole uh, Green, their their player, yeah. and so uh, we were. Yeah, we'll get know, into that in a minute. Getting uh, chesty about it, but before that, it was Ole Miss who was mad that we were ranked above them and college football stuff. But I'm of two minds. I am glad that Mizzou's Twitter universe is alive and well, and very alive and well. They are fucking, you know, watch out if you are an opposing team and we beat you because you're going to have Mizzou all over your nuts. Uh, but then there are times when I'm like. Oh my God! All it is is people just peeing on each other left and fucking. Uh, it's exhausting, and I don't know how people have that much free time. It's like Mizzou guy six nine six nine. Yeah, you know, is like he is just all day doing it, you know, and then <laughs> it's yeah. just like I mean, I'm just, that's not a real person, but you know what I mean. Like I, you see the same people over and over, and like God, what do these people do for a living? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, God bless Maggie Johnson. She seems to have inexhaustible Twitter energy. I mean, she's <laughs> she is after every motherfucker in Oklahoma or Ole Miss or whatever. She's on them. Uh, yep. Same with Brett Sarver. My God, that guy. I mean, uh, he's just begging for a, for a fight. But uh, yeah, well, just, he's getting them. He's yeah. getting them. Well, Brendan, I want. Hey, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because here's something I want to tell any of our listeners who's part of the Twitterverse yeah. and knows the joke. Where inevitably Brett Starber gets in somebody's kitchen, and inevitably yeah. they go after his looks. Right, because uh, because he's it, it, not it traditionally attractive. Pictures. No, no, he's not what you deem as a conventionally handsome man. Yeah, but not often he, confused with Brad Pitt. No, not never, but not often. Yes, that's anyway, right. Sometimes um, he's a, and so immediately when somebody attacks his looks, they, we threw up the Brett signal, which is just a a, a sign for everybody to say. Well, it used to be a sign for everybody to say in the mentions of whoever was going at him, I am Brett Sarver. Yeah. You know we I mean? didn't like, start it. I love it, but uh, we certainly egg it on. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know who started it. God bless them. It's a great way. What aggravates me now is, again, Mizzou guy 6969 
you know, he gets on there and he writes, you don't like, you hate the military and blah, blah, blah. And like tries to guilt because, the Because with, like, Brett Sarver was in the Marines or something, right? Yeah, I guess. But it's like, they start talking about, uh, they, they, they write a paragraph. And I'm like, the joke is, I am Brett Sarver. The joke is it's like, that this I am Spartacus. that thought they were attacking this anonymous person on Twitter suddenly gets 400 people saying, I am Brett Sarver in the comments and not having a fucking clue what is happening to their mentions. Yeah. And it's great because I remember there was some this happened before and there was an Arkansas guy who had gotten dragged like the previous week and he wrote in there, it's like, man, you're going to fucking regret messing with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like how one of the, one of the uh, woods, uh, Mizzou, woods, water, and Mizzou, whatever the hell the names is, the, yeah. the outdoors, the show that we like. <laughs> one of them always posts Call. like you fitting to get dragged. Yeah, <laughs> they find <laughs> them. They find a drag you. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and but like I said, guys, the joke is I am Brett Sarver. If you're yeah. writing a paragraph trying to be funny, you're stepping on the joke. <laughs> Just say I am Brett Sarver, and that it, is the joke. As many fucking handles as possible, right? And I am Brett Sarver. Just flooding these dickheads' mentions. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You got to protect. That's it. We got to protect Brett, man. Do it the right way. Anyway, let's get into recruiting, Colin, because uh, we're waiting patiently to beat the fuck out of Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. But in the meantime, the early signing period has come. And uh, lo and behold, Eli has got some heat behind him. And uh, the Tigers are looking good. Namely, I mean, I think the, the biggest recruit. That's been we've known about for a long time is Williams Wanari, the defensive lineman from Lee Summit. You know, he's like arguably the number one, number two ranked player in the country, and uh, right up there with Luther Burden the third as far as big gets for uh, Eli Drinkwitz. He's an officially signed player. Uh, Courtney Crutchfield from Pine Bluff, Arkansas, who Arkansas desperately wanted but didn't get. And that was having a lot of Arkansas fans tearing their fucking hair out. Uh, I don't know if you saw the billboards. Have you seen the billboards, Brennan? Oh, yeah. They've been everywhere. I mean, Mizzou has invested some money into advertising. They, are, they put it in billboards up in everywhere where these guys were recruited from. So there's Mizzou billboards up in Arkansas and Oklahoma and Texas and anywhere that these guys come from. Mizzou throws up a billboard, which is like yeah. it's just some world-class trolling. And also a great way to t- show these kids like, hey, man to polish their cane a little bit, you know, like, Hey, yeah. look at this giant billboard in your hometown. And if you don't think 18 year right olds choice. who play football, like having their cane polished, you got another <laughs> thing coming. Um, yeah. You are badly mistaken. Oklahoma has been in our kitchen in the Twitter's world because of um, transfer. We mentioned Caden green, who also is from Lee summit North high school. Three years of eligibility. Yeah. It's signed Hong. with Oklahoma, but is now coming to Mizzou, he's an offensive lineman. He was the number one offensive lineman in the portal. And uh, anyway, that was Parker Thune. Does that name ring a bell with you, Colin? Yeah, he does. I don't. He's some sort of talking head for Oklahoma. He's an Oklahoma turd, and he had mentioned that Mizzou's chances of getting this guy were dead in the water, dead in the water. And so uh, the guys like Brett Sarver and the Maggie Johnsons had. Heartily reminded this uh, Parker Thune <laughs> guy that uh, he is now a Missouri Tiger, and so <laughs> his, yeah. his career is now dead in the water. Uh, fuck Parker Thune, he's an idiot. Anyway, a lot of traction coming Mizzou's way. Again, the crazy thing about the way the world of SEC works, I think we're still like ranked number 12 out of 16 teams as far as our recruiting class right now. 
Uh, but we're yet we're a top 25 recruiting class. I think we may be up to like number 17. It's weird. They don't do recruiting classes like they used to because of the transfer portal and everything that um, there's so much fluctuation and players moving around who are not just high school kids that they can't just you know use recruiting classes used to be solely based on how many high school kids you yep. signed and now it's sort of a combo platter of high school kids well, Brennan, versus transfers it's it's free agency i mean yeah. we've gotten it, we call it the portal but it is free agency and honestly i, I hate to sound like an old fuddy-duddy boomer going like hey we got to do something about this but there is going to have to be some sort of salary cap you know what I mean? Or something, you know, when you're Oregon with Phil Knight, there's, you know, when you've got, it's going to come down to resources uh, at some point. And right now, Missouri's pouring resources into it and, and Drinkwitz is recruiting. But so, so while I want there to be a salary cap, I love free agency. You know, as a football fan, it's one of the best times of year. You know, it's the off season, nothing's going on, but you're, hey, your team might get somebody who's a difference maker. And so I love the portal being open. I love free agency, especially when I have a coach who seems to be good at it. But, you know, I do see like problems down the road. That was great. The difference between free agency and the portal, the biggest difference I see is that if you're watching your professional team, the guys have a contract. So, you know, you got them for like three years and then free agency hits with Mm -hmm, this. Yeah. You could turn around tomorrow and the best player on your team has just jumped in. Well, it's not even a one-year contract. Fucking Luther Burton could leave tomorrow if he wanted to, you know? Yeah. And so it's just there's no rhyme or reason or planning that can go into it. So it is the Wild West. It would be interesting if maybe they had to, you know, like, well, you can transfer, but because there's money involved, we're going to sign you to a contract or something like that. I mean, Mizzou has had a couple of things. I think it's all going that way. Yeah. Uh, Well, it's going to have to change because it is a little bit too much the Wild West. It's become a professional sports the players are making money there's free agency like it's you've it's you, you there's it's pro now you, there has to be some parameters there's got to be some guardrails it it will always shake out anything in a capitalist system will shake out eventually and mizzou has got wind in its sails for a couple of reasons right now one is that we did get that legislation that allowed mizzou players with nil money to sign early while they were still in high school and get cash which has helped us sign kids right out of school for sure. And the second thing is that we've gotten good and that's a big uh, boost to any program. And so I think we're in a world where, you know, Oklahoma and Texas are going joining this conference. It's going to be a super conference. We're going to have a 12 team playoff next year and we are trying and succeeding right now in setting ourselves up as well as we can for making (laughs) that 12 team playoff. I mean, God for you know, if this were the year with the twelve team playoff, we would be in. Um, I think Mizzou and Ole Miss are both two teams that are sort of on a similar level that are really working and dumping tons and tons of money into trying to be set up to play with the big dogs. And I do think the NIL and the portal has shaken the boat up a little bit on who can play, you know, who has a table or who has a seat at the big kids table. And uh, Missouri desperately wants to be there. And then on top of that, Colin, there's the fucking North End Zone renovation, which the uh, Board of Curators has has talked about and signed an organization up to a company up to uh, discuss plans for like really dumping major, major renovations and changes and uh, big bucks into the North End Zone as well as just like how the stadium fits into the architecture of the campus and the athletic facility i think in the next five years we're going to see Faro field look like a radically different place and it's going to be kind of going all over the place here but the thing is 
when NIL hit, I feel like everybody's like, oh, these renovations and all the stuff we're doing to facilities, that doesn't make a fuck's worth of difference. All these kids care about is NIL money and getting their payday, getting their check, you know, getting their bag. But now they're do- now they need to pay the players and dump fucking tons of money into their facilities. So somehow Mizzou's coming up with the money and got to give Desiree Renee Francois ha, 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 credit because they're finding the donors to keep the train on the tracks. It, like I said, it's pro sports and everybody's got a pro sports team that they love. A lot of people listening to this right now are probably Cardinal fans and extremely frustrated that even though the Cardinals can afford to spin like the Phillies, they never do. And that they go into the a season with a shit pitching staff because they're cheap. Yeah. You know, like Mizzou right now has got good ownership and i.e. Renee Reed Francois ha 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 and she's willing to put the put the money where her mouth is because she's actually invested in winning. Mm-hmm. And um and unlike sports teams, there's probably you know, there's I mean everybody wants to be profitable, but there's not the you know, I don't think they're trying to make a bunch of money. They know the money will come with success of your sporting program. But yeah, we, we seem to be spending money. We we are at like a like a big boy. We're trying to spend the money to get there. All right, Colin. Um, I think the big news coming up is it was just before Christmas at the end of the month we are going to have the New Year's Six Bowls. Mizzou is part of that party. We're going up against the Ohio State University. It is the culmination of a fucking wonderful season, a, you know, a decade in the making. Uh, let's go take our first break. We'll come back and we'll talk all Cotton Bowl all the time. This is the Mazodcast. Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. and his band three lefts and a right this one's called space santa if you've got a band with music you want to get out in the world send it to mazodcast at gmail.com and we'll play it for you as well as we mentioned missouri is going up against the ohio state buckeyes number six in the country in the 2023 good year cotton bowl uh, it'll be the first New Year's Six Bowl game in a decade for Mizzou, and we have not played Ohio State since 1998. Colin, this game opened up, I think Missouri was six and a half point underdogs. That has changed dramatically. I think we were as much as two and a half point favorites. The last I saw, we were one point favorites going into this game, primarily because 
So many Ohio State players have mentioned have announced that they will be sitting this one out or transferring. You know, Ohio State fans will tell you that they were wanting a playoff bid. And when that didn't happen, they don't care about the Cotton Bowl anymore because they're Ohio State and New Year's Six doesn't mean anything to them. Uh, I think that's a little bit bullshit. I think these, you know, I mean, if you're number six in the country, what do you give me a break? You want to win the Cotton Bowl. But there are a lot of guys sitting out. And so Missouri theoretically has better chances. Uh, You never know what's going to happen when a team's been sitting out for a month. Missouri finished the season hot as fuck against a bad Arkansas team. I would put them up against anybody. I mean, we played great against Georgia. We played, we should have beaten LSU. The teams we played, we played well against. And I don't think we have any reason to be afraid of an Ohio State team, but it's been a month of sitting around getting cold. And uh, so who knows what to expect. What are your thoughts coming into this big one? I, I don't know. I haven't watched stuff Ohio State football. Like I, I've watched lots of highlights on like ESPN, but I never. I haven't watched a single game and there's a season, so I don't know whether to feel like Mizzou is being disrespected to only be like a one point favorite with like twelve players not playing. Because I was like, at, I feel like at Ohio State at full strength is going to have their hands full of Mizzou. I'm not saying Mizzou's a guarantee to beat them, but I think if if everybody's got if both rosters are full they're going to get all they want from Mizzou. So, you know, with all these players deciding to sit down, I'm kind of like Mizzou better win this game. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's Ohio state is Ohio state. I don't, you know, we talk about the teams like Georgia where there's, you know, they're three deep at all positions with five-star, four-star talent. And so if you guys sit out, it shouldn't make a huge amount of difference. But that being said, Missouri's fucking legitimately good this year and they can play with anybody. And by God, we've, been to SEC title games against the Auburns and against the Alabamas, and we played Georgia every fucking year. We are not a stranger to playing big teams in big spotlight games, so I don't think we have any reason to cower in this one, and I do think that most of the team that we have is going to be on the field and assembled and ready to fucking play. You don't think Cody Schrader is going to bring everything he's fucking got? I mean, this is the culmination of his dream college football career. He's a tough motherfucker to tackle, you know, and Luther Burden is going to be healthy. You know, we haven't seen a healthy Luther Burden in a long time. Watch out. Him and Theo Weiss, we've got an offense to worry about. Tyron Hopper, Whoa. those guys, I mean, oh, by the way, that's, fuck, uh, you know, Hopper's going to be gone. We signed this guy, uh, Flag, Corey Flag, out of Miami. I should have mentioned it during the recruiting stuff. Just happened after the signing day stuff. Big deal to me because we are losing the linebacker position hard. And that we saw against Florida how bad that will affect us. So it's great to see pairing him with this Brian Huff out of uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas, who's the four-star linebacker. I think, you know, we're replacing positions. We're going to need to so we can be strong next year. But anyway, we have the guys in the stable this year to be competitive in this Cotton Bowl. And I do think one of the things that we have going into this is maybe Ohio State doesn't care about this game in the same way that Missouri does. Any t- the Cotton Bowl is a big game, and Missouri's had success in the Cotton Bowl in the past. And playing against a team like Ohio State, I don't care how many guys are sitting out. They're a name-brand team, and a win over Ohio State is going to look good, and it's going to be important to the fan base, and it's going to be important to this team. It's going to be important to this coaching staff, who to this point has not managed to win any bowl game. I think we are going to be pulling out all of the stops, and I don't know if the same thing can be said about Ohio State. Yeah, honestly, if we're if we're bringing our full roster – and they're missing that many players. I mean, I get it. You're right. They're probably three deep with four and five star recruits everywhere on the field. It's Ohio State, but 
you know, Missouri isn't their Brock Steiner Missouri team. I just, I watched this team. I watched Cody Schrader run, run for 112 yards against Georgia. Yeah. You know, and yeah. could have had more, you know I mean? Like we didn't like LSU. I mean, we didn't run enough in LSU and they just trampled LSU. Um, Tennessee, I mean, this running game, this offensive line has been able to move the football against the very best in the country. I don't know why uh, Ohio State should be any different. No, and I think, you know, Ohio State, basically, when they lost to Michigan, and it, it sort of ended their chances of a potential playoff game, a lot of the Ohio State fe- faithful saw their season as essentially over. And that will matter, you know, because especially when there's a weeks and weeks and weeks of a drag, people move on. People move on to basketball season. People move on to the recruiting season. People move on to other things. So when they sort of get together in Texas, if Missouri is fucking lathered up and ready to fucking go and Ohio State is yawning, it will matter. December 29th on ESPN, I mean, every fucking person who has ever worn a Mizzou shirt, sweatshirt in their life is going to be watching this. I don't know if every Ohio State fan will. So, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Ohio State's got a rabid fan base. I'm sure they're going to be ready. I'm sure it's going to be a big game. I'm sure it's going to be tough. But I just think... It's going to mean more to Missouri, and I think that's going to be the difference. Look, Brady Cook has become the quarterback we never thought possible, and we've seen him shit down his leg in big moments. But we've also seen him, goddamn Colin, that fucking fourth and 17, man. Like, I can't ever talk shit on Brady Cook again. Fourth and fucking 17 against Florida. He did the thing that we had never seen him do before, and he showed he can fucking do it. And he marched his team down and got pulled victory from the jaws of defeat, I'm a believer. You know what I mean? I bought fucking Cook Coin. So I'm all in on this fucking Mizzou game. We're going to win the Cotton Bowl. Huzzah. <laughs> Huzzah. I mean, where do you sit, Colin? Like, it's crazy. This is a fucking crazy year. We're 10 and 2, looking to go 11 and 2. Year four of Drinkwitz's fucking reign. And we started this season absolutely not believing any of the hype. Um, <laughs> nope. It's crazy. I mean, I'm kind of just floating on cloud nine a little bit. It's strange when you get to this sort of level. We're like, okay, it's January 6th. We're a top uh, team in the country. Uh, we didn't make the playoff, but next year there's a playoff. And I know this is not the right way to feel, but it's sort of the way I feel. I'm like, can we fast forward till next season? <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we've, you know, like I, I want to kick a hole in Ohio State, but I'm like, hey, we're, I think we're going to be pretty good next year. I know we're good right now. Like, and I know there's a playoff next year for the first time ever and, uh, at least a 12 team. And it's like, we could get in, you know, like this is, it's the first year a team like Mizzou could get in. I mean, Mizzou would have to have a perfect season to make a, a playoff, you know, with just four teams, you know, maybe one loss, but I'm not sure they'd let a Mizzou team have a loss. <laughs> Certainly you know I mean? Florida state could tell you <laughs> even well, one I mean, is like, too many. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's just like, I'm not sure they'd allow us to, I mean, if they're going to let Mizzou into the a four-team playoff, you know, Mizzou would have to win, you basically go undefeated and beat yeah. Georgia or, or Alabama in the goddamn SEC championship game before they even let the, beat that door down. So it's just, it doesn't just seem very realistic. But suddenly, it is realistic. Suddenly, we could be in the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs, who knows? You know what I mean? Crazy things can happen. Yeah. But it just... It's why I've always wanted to play off. College football feels real now. Yeah. It feels like there's actual stakes. You well, know, before the playoff even existed, you know, in the BCS days, 
I think it was part of the reason it was hard for me to be a college football fan. It was always just an anticlimactic season. Yeah. Like you play all these games and what's your reward at the end? You get to play in a bowl. And guess what? Some bowls are better than other bowls. It's completely arbitrary, but that's what we're, that's what we'll tell you. And now we actually have a playoff system where teams play against each other to determine who's the best team, which call me crazy is a better system than letting a computer decide. It seems to work in every other sport in the world other than football, college football. And it it has made me, it always made me boggle, it boggled my mind when people were pushing up against this, you know, like there's always going to be people like, Hey, change. I don't like change. I'm a fucking idiot, you know? Um, (laughs) But like people can debate whether they, how big they want the playoff structure to be. But in my mind, the closer you can make it to like the March madness, the better. I know you can't have 64 teams in, but there's no better postseason in any sport than, than the, March Madness tournament. And so if you let people in and you let people have a shot, fuck, I don't want to hear about how it diminishes the regular season, blah, blah, blah. Get as many people involved as possible. Let other people other than like the top five blue bloods in, and it will be more interesting. It just will. Oh, it's, it's insane. I remember when they, the the playoff really started to get traction and you just know there's a bunch of old guys chewing on cigars being like, we have to play this thing in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Like, why? Like, fuck you. Because like, yeah. there's a handful of people that make a lot of money off the BCS, so the entire country has to suffer this terrible, terrible system. Eat my ass. What are you <laughs> talking about? Like, the NFL has been doing this for a hundred years. Well, the you ball know? system is so fucking weird. I mean, give me a goddamn break. We've got the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl. Give me a fucking break. And I'll tell you this. There's been a number of bowls to this point. You know, I'm waiting for, obviously, the New Year's Six Bowls, which to get interesting. But, man, there's been some shitty fucking games. These bowl games up until this point, there's not been a single one of them that I've given two fucks about. There have been no matchups that are any good. There's too many bowls. They're utterly insignificant. Give me a fucking playoff. You can have bowls. Fine. It'll give you something to do other than jerk off, I guess. I think that we had to to be in an old system for so long just to suffer dumb people you know, <laughs> who didn't think it was a good idea. It's sort of like, and now people, you know, some people bitch about the 12-team playoff. I'm like, you're so dumb. Like in 10 years, this will just be the way it is. And everybody will agree. It's like, this is the best it's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but people still are going to argue with you about it. And it makes me crazy. It's the same with like, I don't know if you've seen the NCAA, these, these proposals they've rolled out to sort of for paying athletes and all this stuff. Like it's completely ridiculous. Like it, they want to church, like give like $30,000 just salary to every athlete on in college, every athlete, the swimmers, the football players, everybody gets 30 grand. And then whatever you can make on top of that. And it's, I don't know. It's not feasible because I, I, they, they had some. They were talking about some just random university. And it was going to be like just to pay the fucking fees for their standard athletes going to cost like twenty seven million dollars. Yeah, and well, it's like okay, well, this is not obviously a feasible situation because there's no team on. There's no cause in the world that's going to pay twenty seven million dollars to keep women swimming. So you, you, this can't happen like this. And I feel like it's the exact same thing as playoffs. It's like, they have figured this out for you, you assholes. It's called a salary cap. You can get all the NIL money you want up to this point. 
I don't know. It, it, the, there are solutions to these problems, just like there was a solution to the BCS. And it just takes years and years and years to get some of these assholes to finally be like, okay, we'll concede that this way is the, the way we're doing it is the worst possible way to do it. I'm sorry, but I'm a little bit of a believer in the free market system. And it seems to work out in every other sport that if you are a valuable player, there is a dollar figure that gets assigned to your head that matches what you bring to the team. You know, and, and if you're oh. a crappy kicker, you're just going to make less than the best wide receiver in the country. That's just the way it's going to be because the invisible hand of the market deems it so. And so just let them get paid what they're worth. And if, you know, if fucking Ohio State thinks that they can pay more for a player than Michigan can because it's really going to, it's what they need for their team to win, they will do it and it will all work out that work out in the end and if you want to level the playing field so that there's not so many haves versus have-nots yes enact a salary cap so they have to fucking put a governor on it a little bit but this has all been done before at the professional levels and we are now a professional sport league in college football so let's treat it as such and go about our fucking business but until we get there we're dealing with nil and constant transfers and Four-team to 12-team playoffs and blah, 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 blah. We're in a state of flux. I just, I just can't believe that an organization can be so completely and totally inept for so long as the NCAA. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is just – it is a such – it's been a clown show as long as I can remember. And I'm like, where do they pe- where do they hire for the NCAA? I'm like, who runs this organization? Who sits in a room and cooks up half the shit that comes out of there or the decisions they make and says, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. And here's the problem with the NCAA is because once you you talk about that free market system, the free market system doesn't give a fuck. You know, it's just how whoever makes the most money. The the the, gr- the great irony is the guys who s- claim that players shouldn't get paid are the guys who also love the free market system in every other circumstance. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I love capitalism, except in this case, I love communism. <laughs> yeah. So you're dealing with the free market, but I but I think the professional aspect of college football will finally eventually crush the NCAA or force them to be better. And the reason is as you can tell by the way the NCAA runs, it is still run as a good old boy network and not a business. You know, it, they're, the people making decisions are obviously not the best people. They're people that have worked in college football or know the right people, and it's all some bullshit. You know, now there's real money involved, real money for everybody. And these players are going to only get more expensive. We know anything about professional sports. And it can't be Joe Blow, the head of some university for a while, and through some confluence of events, ends up being in charge of the NCAA. They'll actually have to find people who are truly qualified and truly smart because now it's a business and we're not going to suffer people who fuck with our money. Yeah. And I, cause I still feel like the NCAA is very much sort of old guard college sports. Yeah. The funny thing about the NCAA to me is that they will always tell you, it's like, Oh, you may not like the NCAA, but we're not a bunch of outsiders making rules for colleges. It's a member institution. So the people in the NCAA making these decisions are our member schools. So it's basically what they're saying is, yeah, we're doing terrible things, but we're kicking ourselves in the nuts. It's not outsiders kicking us in the nuts. We're kicking ourselves in the nuts. I'm like, is that better? I guess. And they're basically admitting what I'm, what I, my point is that, yeah, we're just, we're a member organization. We, the people making the decisions are coming from within 
this network. And what we need strangers, we need outsiders, we need business people to tell us how to run this. So we're not constant. I mean, just like the disciplinary stuff, Mizzou fans know that better than anybody, how inequitable it has been, how completely scattershot and Kansas literally, uh, Bill Self could go to the fucking center court, do cocaine while fucking a str- off stripper during national televised football or basketball game. And the NCAA would, you know, like take one half of one scholarship from them. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, it, it's, it, it's crazy. And I was like, at some point, once you become a professional organization, you don't get to have a job because the guy who runs the NCAA played football with your so-and-so's dad. So I'm going to give you a job. Like, it'll be, nope, no more of that. Like we need to find people who have MBAs and know how to make us the maximum amount of money in the world. Become where- ruthless like the NFL. In a world where there are players getting paid now, there was one of the old arguments against this was always like, well, they're getting a scholarship. They're getting paid already. They're getting a scholarship. To me, I'm always like, okay, so a football player, a star football player is bringing like literally like could bring $10 million worth of revenue, extra TV money to your program. And you're giving him like a $50,000 scholarship. Get the fuck out of here with that stupid argument. You know what I mean? Like he's getting the same fucking scholarship that the swimming team is, the diver is getting. And he's bringing $10 million worth of revenue into your program from being one of the star players on the football program, which is by far and away the most valuable asset to the college sports world. So give it, get the fuck out of here with these getting a scholarship because it's not yeah, no, equitable yeah. pay. It's like, well, you're getting paid $5 a year to wait tables, so you should be happy. Yeah, he's getting paid fine. <laughs> he's not getting what he's worth. You know, it's, it's, it's scholarship is not what he's well, the, worth. Well, in your analogy, the waiter needs to be able to eat for free every day at the restaurant. <laughs> like we're feeding you every day. Yeah. You, $5 a year is plenty. You okay. want a living wage on top of that, dickhead? Yeah. So, but yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just saw tonight on Twitter, like Peyton Manning's nephew, who's going to be pl- is playing at Texas, is made over $2 million this season. And you're telling me that that's that you, he should be happy with just getting a scholarship? Yeah. He should leave all that money on the table. That's what you do, right, old fuckhead? Yeah. You'd leave all the money on the table? Or would you buy a bigger house and lord it over your kids? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's what you do. Well, and that's, again, this is how the free market system works. If you're worth a certain amount and people are willing to pay it, then you make an agreement and you get paid that amount. But you don't just say, no, everybody gets a scholarship and shut the fuck up. <laughs> so anyway, regardless, the bowl season is upon us. Missouri's going to win the Cotton Bowl. Colin, I do want to diverge because I think the time is right. Christmas is coming up. The book I'm writing, Respectable Roughnecks, about the 1960 Missouri team, who I am arguing is the national champion football team for that season, is coming out soon. Uh, Gary Pinkle has written the foreword for me, and I want you all to buy it because Mizzou has a national championship in football. We just haven't claimed it. And you're going to read this book, and you're going to agree with me that we deserve to hang the banner as oh, 1960 really? national champions. You know, we're, we think, were football national champions, 1960. I think your book is a perfect way to start a movement at Mizzou. We need yeah. to get to Rene Francois. Ha, 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 ha. That's right. And Hashtag and claim 1960, you know? That's right. That's right. Well, this is, this is the beginning of something special. 
Yeah. And so if you are interested in the book right now, you can actually read the audiobook version on our Patreon page. It's just $3 a month to become a member. Um, and then the you book. Mean listen to it, not read it, dumbass. Listen, read. I don't know what you call it when you're listening slash reading an audiobook. But anyway, the audiobook is there for your, uh, your ear holes. And, uh, the print version is coming out soon. So, uh, no, of course we'll let you know about that, but it's a fucking, the, I researched this son of a bitch for years and I have interviewed players, many of whom are dead now, but not all of them. They're in their eighties and just like newspapers, microfilm dug up archives from both the university of Missouri and the university of Kansas, because it delves into the uh, speaking of NCAA violations, Kansas cheating that year and trying to fuck us over and really kind of successfully doing so. Uh, there's a lot that goes into that book. And I mean, literally I have been, I would say, I dare say I am the preeminent scholar on the 1960 Mizzou football season, maybe the 1960 college football season for the efforts I put into this book, because you can ask me fucking anything about that year and I can tell it to you. And I have the uh, records to back. Well, it I up. don't plan to No, And I imagine a lot of people won't, but if you love Mizzou football and if you're interested in sports history and you want to and you're remotely curious about why Mizzou deserves to hang the banner as national champions for 1960, read the fucking book. And I think you'll like it. So there's, there's my pitch at the end of this podcast. You disgusting shill. I don't care. I'll shill like a motherfucker. I, I think when people read the book, they'll be glad they did. Yeah, it's an interesting story. Yeah. I mean, I've been reading it or listening to it, however you'd like to. Uh-huh put it but uh i'm enjoying it yeah and i really didn't think i would because you wrote it <laughs> sure <laughs> sure well colin we will obviously come to you all after this uh cotton bowl is over and do a recap on missouri's soon to be 11 and 2 season with a big win over ohio state but uh so till then i hope you all have a merry christmas and uh wait Brennan. yes hold on just a second you forgot one piece of business okay bring it to me so me and Brennan do another podcast uh, for Patreon called Nerding Out, where we basically talk about other stuff than bat football. So if you like me and Brennan's brand of um, uh, podcast. Dumb fuckery. Hear, yeah, dumb fuckery. I think that's the word hmm. I was looking for. Anyway, we've got, uh, I don't know how many, four or five episodes on Patreon. We're going to start like dropping those into our main feed and uh, – we invite you guys to listen to that, too, if you're interested. We just talk about movies or whatever we're into at the time. Yeah, with the uh, off-season coming up. Yeah, so anyway, obviously for our Patreon members, they're always going to get those episodes a lot earlier than everybody else. But we did decide we might start trickling them out slowly onto the Mazodcast feed. So uh, anyway, if you guys are interested. Yeah, and if, if you don't give a shit, don't listen. No pressure. <laughs> so anyway, as I was saying, I hope you all have a Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is you're doing over this holiday season. And then we'll all celebrate the bowl victory and a happy drunken new year. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Mizzou guy 6969.